Greetings, my friend, and welcome to Beyond Curious, conversations with brave adventurers like yourself that are taking voyages into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity, fulfill their purpose, and bring their ideas to life. My name is Brandon Fong, and I so appreciate you for being here. Whether you are a new friend or an old friend, you are in for a treat because I am beyond excited to introduce you to today's guest, Braxton Kilgo. Where you are doesn't determine who you are. And I think some people think that it does. And so letting people know we're all a lot more alike than we think and showcasing that to people empowers them to know, not only through small acts of kindness, do they have a superpower to make a difference, if you couldn't already tell, Braxton drops a ton of value in this episode. I'm super excited for you to meet him. And shout out to Devin Butler for making this introduction possible. When I told Devin about some of the people that I was looking at getting connected with, he's like, you got to talk to Braxton. So that was absolutely in the stars. I love what Braxton is up to. And I would love to read his bio and tell you about all of his accomplishments. But I was talking to Braxton after the fact and I'm like, I just want to introduce you like I would be introducing a friend. So yes, I could tell you about how he's sold over one and a half million dollars in agency and consulting services over the last two years, or about how he's managed world-class athletes, artists, and celebrities across the globe. But to me, what stood out way more than any of that stuff is what he is doing with this movement that he is creating called I Believe in You. It is a very powerful story that is creating a massive ripple of impact in the world. And that is really, really what got me excited about having Braxton on the show to dive deeper into it. So I'll explain about what it is really, really quickly. I am wearing one of his bracelets right now on my wrist, but essentially what he's created, it's this very simple bracelet. It says, I believe in you on it. And each bracelet is equipped with an NFC chip. And this bracelet is actually designed to be given away to someone else. But the really cool thing about this is that you can actually, using the NFC chip, record a video so that when somebody receives the bracelet and you tell them why you believe in them, they can see the video that you recorded for them. And not only that, but when that person passes it on, they can see with the app the entire chain of kindness and impact that has been created from the bracelet. So you've heard me say it on the podcast if you're a returning listener. I always say how much I appreciate you. And it's really cool because... Braxton is creating this movement about I believe in you. I think it's the same thing. And what I find is when I tell people what I appreciate about them, it is expressing gratitude in the world. And it actually adds a lot of value to me to express gratitude to other people. And I think I believe in you is doing the exact same thing. So as much as it's designed to be giving impact and sharing kindness with other people, it is a filter. We talked about this on the episode. It is a filter because when you're wearing one of these bracelets, it is like this lens that you have on the world of looking for good things, of people to say kind things to. And it's amazing because he sold over 16,000 of these bracelets. He's just getting started. And uh, it's crazy because impact because of these bracelets is literally measurable. And I'm so excited to give these bracelets away because uh, every single time that it transfers between you and someone else, you get a notification on your phone and you get to see that journey that it's continuing to make. So I'm super excited about it. So there's my like informal bio about Braxton. And let me tell you about what you can learn inside of this episode. There's so much gold, but as always, here's three things to look out for. Number one, how Braxton went from growing up in May, Texas, which has a population of 285 people. We talk about there being more cows than humans. <laughs> so how he grew up from that small town to creating this movement that is making a massive and measurable big wave of kindness and impact in the world through his movement. I believe in you. Um, we also, I want you to look out for number two, how Braxton's movement was created because of one speech he gave to a middle school and how the bracelets actually started off as stickers and how he kind of made that small little test, saw the impact that it was creating and actually went forward and actually made a movement out of it. And number three, what's really cool is because I knew that Braxton was coming on, I have a bracelet. I actually had the idea. I wanted to record the video that gets embedded in the bracelet in real time with Braxton on the show. So um, you'll hear the whole backstory behind it, all the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into creating this movement. And then Braxton coaches me through how to record an effective video. I do it in real time. And that video, I'm going to clip from 
the recording and put it into my bracelet and then that bracelet will be shared. So you get to be a part of that a little bit. And then uh, maybe if you are actually in the future, one of the recipients of this bracelet, maybe you saw that Braxton and I did this live on the show. And if that is really cool, I want to say hi to you again. And I appreciate you. And I do believe in you. That's why uh, I gave this bracelet and hopefully it's continuing to travel as a result of that. So with all that said, I'm really excited for you to connect with Braxton. He's got a heart of gold and he is just really, really passionate about making the biggest contribution to the world that he is capable of making. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with my friend, Braxton Kilgo. Braxton, my friend, the guy that sounds like Tony Robbins, but better. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, this has been, um, when we connected, I was like, this is a guy like I I'm so I'm so grateful that you are coming on and I'm really excited to dive into your story um, and all the different components of it. As I was doing my research, I found a podcast where you're talking about the last football game you ever played in something crazy happened. So I think this actually would 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 set the tone for a little bit about what your life was like before you set out on your grand heroes journey. So we'd love for you to maybe share a little bit about the last football game you ever played in. Yeah. Yeah. So that was in high school. Um, you know, basically I spent my whole life. I, I grew up in a small town. If you've seen the movie Friday Night Lights, it's super similar to that. Like kind of the town shuts down. The whole town is there. Like our practices almost looked like games because people were parked all around the field. It was amazing. And, you know, where I grew up, obviously people went to college um, and it's changed a lot now as, as compared to then. And I was kind of in the middle of the shift of this thing, but really like, where I grew up, it was like, you know, you're like a farmer, a teacher, a police officer, you work in construction or carpentry, or you go to the MLB or the NFL. And for me, I was like, I was trying to get out of where I was, where I was now, where I grew up is incredible. People are amazing. Uh, but I just, I wanted to see the world. I wanted to do things. Um, and I knew I was good at sports and that football could be a vehicle for me to travel, make money and do something I love to do. Uh, so I spent all my time training and didn't care about anything except for football. And, uh, you know, we're doing really, really well. I was, you know, I, I actually was a running back all through high school, but uh, I had never played running back before. And I was at another school at a town close by to mine. And I ended up switching schools. And when I got there, like, what position do you play? I was like, running back. That's all I've ever done. And uh, sure enough, I became a running back. And that was amazing. It was really a school where, like, at that point in time, we had the most state championships in, in the state of Texas. And uh, it was an amazing culture. And that journey instilled so many things in me as far as sports and things. But uh yeah, man, that was my goal is to, to go play in the NFL, go play college football and senior year, first playoff game, the biggest rivalry game possible. In the first two and a half minutes, I caught a swing pass and tried to cut back to the inside. And as I cut, my foot was planted. Um, a dude just went straight through my leg and uh, was laying on the ground and it was on the oppo opposing team sideline. And the coach came up to me and he was like, well, our whole game plan was stop you. He said, so now <laughs> they, they figured that out. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just like, you know, you're pissed and you're hurt. And uh, their doctor is the one who actually like got me up, took care of me. And he was like, Hey man, if it's only MCL, if it's only these things, like you'll be fine. And I had to sit on the sideline until halftime. Went in at halftime. There was coaches holding the door closed and they're like sticking a shot in my leg and like trying to make me, available to keep going and in high school you're like, i don't care about anything else i'm like stick whatever my leg like get me back in the game yeah so i came out after halftime try i mean i took five steps maybe maybe and a swift jog and i just felt my whole knee just oh. move and i knew it's bad and so i couldn't go in again and uh got carried in shoulders and they brought me crutches and that was the end. Yikes, dude, man, that is such a crazy story. And I know your whole, like, this was your ticket out, right? Like this was your identity. This was your entire life. So I can only imagine what, I mean, especially as like, what are you 18 at the time? 17, like that's like a yeah. life devastating kind of situation. Yeah. So we could, we could talk a little bit about that, but I, I want to also talk a little bit more about some of the components that you had mentioned about growing up in this town. I looked it up. Cause I, I heard you say it on another show, May, Texas. Is that correct? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so I I looked it up. May uh, this is on this is on uh, Wikipedia. May is an unincorporated community in the in Brown County, Texas, United States. According to the Handbook of Texas, the community has an estimated population of two hundred eighty five and two thousand. <laughs> so yeah, it was funny because as I was reading that, my and maybe a plant of a future part of the conversation. My buddies and I recently ran a Spartan Ultra, and we drove to Montana nice. and we stopped in Mott, North Dakota, at, for a meal. And it was one of those places where you stopped in like the main like diner area and like you kick through the yeah. doors and like people are like who are these who are these strangers <laughs> yeah, yeah. walking in here i can imagine that's probably like may texas is like yeah. more cows than people and people are just kind of like yeah. what's going on over here so but but tell me a little bit more about your childhood growing up i i heard that you had a nickname and your nickname was the mayor i would love for you to maybe tell me a little <laughs> bit more about that <laughs> um yeah man so I'll, I'll try to cover a couple of those things yeah may is really small uh, I actually didn't go to school in May. Uh, in May at the time, whenever I was there, you know, the classes, like the grades, you know, range between seven to 10 people. I think occasionally they'd have like 20 people in a class. Uh, it was really small and they played six man football, which I don't know if you've ever heard of, but it's it's fast and it's it's awesome, honestly. Uh, it's full contact, but it's six versus six, not 11 versus 11, Dang. Um, which is cool. Uh, so growing up in that town was awesome. We didn't have a store. We didn't have anything. I think the only reason it was considered a town is because there was a school and a post office. I think legally you have to have a post office to be a town. <laughs> um, but that was it. Just a blinking light at the end of, you know, in the middle of town. So it was amazing growing up there. And, you know, that, that part was really integral for me, but I drove to town to go to school because that's where the school was that they didn't care about anything but football. Now it's really that way with a lot of Texas schools, but this is just like the school. So I was like, I'm driving to go there. Ironically enough, May went to state championship in football, played in the Cowboy Stadium four years in a row. Wow. <laughs> and I went That's to insane. Brown. <laughs> but I'm like, really? You know, like I didn't go there and now they do that. 280 um, population 285 like 50 percent is probably over 60 yeah. so you got like well so what is that like a pool of like maybe 50 kids like under that that that's insane <laughs> yeah yeah it was crazy man but it was cool uh yeah the joke about people call me like the mayor and different things is because i just always talked to everybody i knew everybody uh my parents were divorced when i was like one so my mom lived in town my dad lived on the farm so i knew like everyone in may I went to school at another school next to Brownwood for a long time. So I knew everyone there Then I moved to Brownwood and from sports, like pretty much my whole life, I was in the newspapers all the time. And I've always been like a friendly person with everybody in school and just everybody I meet. And so um, the, it really came about, people would joke with me about it all the time, like my friends, but um, every year we had something called the Brownwood reunion. So even people who move away, everyone comes back and it's just like everyone who's ever been there. And dude, I would go to that thing and like, to get like a couple blocks down the road, it would take like an hour. Cause I would just like every, <laughs> I would just know somebody and know the next person. My friends are like, dude, you don't have to talk to everyone. I'm like, well, I know them. I'm not going to just walk past them. So they're always joking. They're like, yeah, he's, he's over here running for mayor, shaking everybody in the damn building's hand. And we can't even get to the, you know, the concert or whatever we were going to. So people used to joke me about that a lot. That's hilarious. Braxton, the high school football star, stopping, kissing babies, doling out autographs. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, and it, it's it's cool because, I mean, in many ways you are, you're still playing out that next level version of who you were as a kid, which is really yeah. freaking cool. Like, and that, that that's, that's amazing. So let's continue on like with the, I don't want to use the word escape, but the word escape was the first thing that came out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like you are not living in May anymore. I mean, you've worked with really high profile people. And I know when you and I initially connected, you had talked about a topic being like, you know, we're all the same. So you've kind of seen all the different spectrums. So maybe we can yeah. get there in, in a little bit, but maybe let's talk about a, a little bit about your first company that you started. Cause I know it came from a really cool spot. So talk to us a little bit about vision and, and what happened with that. Yeah. So after my injury, I, I actually still had two really good schools that offered to pay for my school, pay for my surgery and, and give me a full ride still um, to bring me back and help me continue to play football, which was amazing. I chose the one that was the furthest away. Uh, it was called West Texas A&M. It was in North, North Texas up by Amarillo. And uh, long story short with that, I just could never get back to where I was. I limped off the field every single day. And I had a strength and conditioning coach that told me like perhaps and you're amazing, but you're limping off the field every single day. You've got more years here and more to come. And like, 
I just think that you're made for, for something better, something bigger. And I think you want to be able to run around in the yard with your kids one day. Just like, and if you get injured again, that what they did, cause it's double banded with a cadaver and it, cause it took everything out. And she's like, if you get hurt again, it's just, you're, you're probably going to have a limp. And I, there's a number of things that went through my head, but to fast forward that I ended up taking her advice after that first season. And I just dropped out of school completely. That was the only reason I went was for, for sports. Went back, was building houses with my dad and doing stuff on the farm and living there uh, just temporarily while I didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, really quickly, again, I was reminded, I don't want to live here and I love it to death. It's literally my favorite place on earth and I'm going there on Thursday. I <laughs> love it to death, but I didn't want to live there. I want to be able to come back there and I want to be able to experience these things. So I went back to the same school again. There was a pretty girl involved. So that helped. <laughs> um, but I went back to go to school again. I was like, well, I'll just go to college for business. I want to have a business. Well, while I was there, a lot of the classes just, I felt like personally, I, college, whether it's for you or not, depends on the person, what you're trying to do. But it just really felt like for me, some things were wasting my time. And I was trying to learn things outside of class too. And to be honest, it was like, I felt like it was easy and I didn't want it to be easy. And so I went for two more semesters. And during that time, I decided to start my own company because I was still trying to figure out I lost my identity without football. So I was powerlifting, bodybuilding, competing in CrossFit, doing gymnastics. I helped with the cheer team one time. Like I was just like trying to be whatever I could and, and use my skills that I had. And uh, I ended up kind of being in the fitness space and I grew up on a farm, but I always liked fashion because I was trying to look different and uh, I always cared about people. So I was trying to like unpack like what, what is, who is the new Braxton? Like what's something that makes sense for me to start? I liked clothing. I liked design and art and graphics and I liked doing something that was purposeful. And so I came up with this company called Vision and Vision was all about helping people divine, like define their version of success and ultimately it was about like whatever it is you love like go do that like do what makes you happy not just what makes you money and kind of checks the box of like the old school mentality of like go to college find a wife get a job build a house white fence dog kid i was just like i think that's beautiful but it seems like everybody's trying to fit in this box and i wanted to show people like that there's more because at that point i'd been looking at things and exploring things and been to college and like started to really look at the world. And I wanted other people, not just where I'm from, but other places to be inspired to know, like there's way more out there. And so that's what that company was about is we made really cool clothes. It was kind of in the fitness space for a period of time because that's where I was. Um, but it was very purpose driven. Is it true that, so you were building this kind of like as a, as a dropout, like you were kind of like still mid college building this. Is that kind of the phase that you were in? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I was still in college while I was building it. So I, I don't know if this is, this is correct, but I saw like somewhere along the lines of like when you were just getting vision started, you, you had this, you were building it out of a really shitty apartment. Would you mind talking a little yeah. bit about the apartment that you were in as you built vision? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't live on campus anymore because my school wasn't paid for by the football team this time. So I was in a terrible apartment, like, you know, 20 blocks away, uh, which on the inside, like we made it nice, but I mean like dirt blew through the doors and it, it was just, it was not nice at all, man. Tumbleweeds. Um, yeah. And I actually had my bed, like the mattress, like in this area of my kitchen and I slept in there and the whole bedroom um, was, I built shelves that wrapped around very similar to how this room, I haven't really changed a lot. This whole room is full of stuff. Um, and I had shelves that wrapped around, I had a little spot that had like a blanket pinned to the wall and take pictures of clothes with outfits and shoes. And so I kind of turned that into like my, my office of the time. I love that. That's hilarious. Everybody can just picture you sitting inside the kitchen and, and making that happen, being scrappy. So yeah, I, I also, so when you and I first connected, it was through a, a mutual connection of ours. And when I had, when I had told him the kind of people I was looking at meeting, he's like, Oh, you got to meet Braxton just because like what he's doing with, I believe in you is just, is just perfect. And, and I, I would love to kind of start talking a little bit about, I believe in you. And I, I know that part of the founding story of, I believe in you had to do with a speaking engagement at a middle school. So I would love for you to share uh, what happened at that middle school that day that kind of led to some part of this idea. Yeah. So um, to give a fast forward version, uh, I had a business professor that one day I walked in wearing one of my shirts and he made fun of it. And then 
in front of the class. So I told him I don't need a degree to hire me. And I dropped out again. So I dropped what out. Did he, what was the shirt and what did he say to you? Like, what was it like? So, straight? He was just throwing shade or what was it? Yeah. He was just kind of throwing shade at it. And it had like, so this one had like kind of like little holes, like on one spot and then like on the corner and had something. And he just kind of like called out, like, you know, he's like, you're not just going to sell a bunch of t-shirts. Like that's not how that works. And I was just like, like, what business do you run? You know, I was like, pissed (laughs) i just stood up and left and i walked out in the hallway and i was like i think i just dropped out again (laughs) so i still now live in this apartment uh i've been serving tables the whole time as well as doing vision uh and going to school but now i don't have school but i still live near there so now i'm the entire campus is wearing my clothes i'm decking everybody out on the campus so that it's everywhere um but again to circle back the company was so one of the things that was in the back of all the shirts said more than fabric so the goal was like i was making clothes but it was all about the mission and and the purpose and because of that i started getting asked to speak at middle schools elementary schools high schools some different little small events or like little pop-ups and things um podcasts and things like that and so because of that people thought that i was like a public speaker and i was like it's not really what i do but and if you want me to, I'd love to talk about the mission. And at that point, I was just trying to sell clothes and spread a positive message. So by the time this one specifically came up, I'd probably spoke at maybe 10 or 12, 12 to 15. Some I'd spoke at a decent amount of places, I guess, in my eyes at that point, that I kind of felt like I know what I was doing. And this was middle school that I was getting ready to go to. And uh, about 24 hours before the speech, the principal of the school calls me and she's like, hey, Braxton, we're so excited that you're coming tomorrow, X, Y, Z. She's like, I just want to remind you what some of these kids are going through um, so that you really know who you're talking to tomorrow. So, you know, I'm 19. You know, yeah, yes, ma'am. Well, she talks for like 10 minutes and I just have like a knot in my throat the whole time, like listening to her. And I kind of just at the end of the call said like, yes, ma'am, like I'm excited to be there. Like I'll see you tomorrow. Like, thanks for telling me. I hang up and my best friend's next to me and I'm like, dude, I wrote the wrong speech. Like, this is not good. And it kind of just like hit me all at once. Like, you know, not that I was like just going in there to do like some rah-rah motivational, but that's kind of what it was. I mean, I was almost their age. <laughs> and I just thought that like that was what needed to be delivered. And I just really quickly realized like I have way more responsibility on my hands than I thought I did. And you know, I've been through my own things myself, but I mean, it was just heartbreaking things back to back to back to back to back that I know those kids are going to be sitting in that room. So if I really you might be zooming in there, like what specifically were they going through? Was it just like, I mean, were kids like committing suicide, like that kind of stuff? Like, tell me like, yeah. what was the situation that really put that knot in your throat? There was just abuse in a number yeah. of different ways, kind of a ton of level of levels of abuse, depression, um, just family problems, struggling in school, like bullying. It was just a laundry list of sure. it, it almost like she told me 30, 40 kids stories that she was like, that's also multiple other students who struggle with that same thing or who are experiencing that same thing. And so I, I knew instantly, like I have to write a new speech. And so we were far away. I mean, my friend were down in Houston and I told him, I was like, hey, man, like, you got to drive us home. Like, I've got to write a new speech. So I wrote a brand new speech in this ugly red notebook. And I had a label printer because I had my clothing company. And I printed out these stickers, which I actually have one. I printed out these stickers that said, I believe in you. Oh, that's epic. And so that's one of the original ones. It still has the vision company and logo and website on it. And just, just for you listening, so you can imagine Braxton just held up like a framed picture with the, with the stickers inside of it. That was really cool. So yeah, keep going. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, no worries. And so wrote a new speech. Now I had a microphone I had to carry in my hand and because I just wrote it, I didn't have anything memorized. So I have a microphone in my hand and I'm having to turn pages in this notebook and like pretty much read my speech to them, which was unprofessional. My girlfriend at the time, my best friend, nobody came with me. So it was literally just me by myself. <laughs> and uh, gave the speech. The speech went really well. But as all the kids walked in, there was 
it was either 1200 or 1500 kids. It was a lot of them. It was a whole basketball gym full. And I had the staff on every four corners of the, the building where all the entrances were hand out those stickers as the kids walked in. And so I gave the speech. It went really well. And at the end, I told him, I said, Hey, you know, that sticker that I gave you is not yours. You can trade it with the person next to you. You can go home, give it to your mom, your dad, your brother, your neighbor, the mailman, like go take this to the message I gave you today and like, go give it to somebody else, like share that with somebody else. And that was kind of it. And from there, uh, you know, I took pictures of the kids, went to lunch with them and then went home. A couple of days later, she calls me back. She's like, Baxter, these kids are, are handing these stickers around in the community. They're being nice to each other in the hallways. They're being nice to our staff. We've had parents call. We've had people in the community ask, what are these ugly little stickers that are being handed around? <laughs> what is this? And, but she was like delighted and saying it, that it was good things happening. And it just clicked in my head. I was like, dude, all middle schools need this. And I was like, man, all, all high schools need this. It's like, man, just all kids need this. And then I was like, human beings need this. Like all yeah. people need that, that such a small, simple thing. And everybody could do it also was a thing. So it just clicked in my head. And from there, it just got, as it went from kind of middle school to high school, to kids, to everybody, the idea continued to do the same thing and just get bigger and bigger and bigger in my head. And I knew that it could no longer be branded with vision. It needed to be its own thing. They were on pretty ugly little stickers. So I was like, it can't be on an ugly sticker. It needs to be on a bracelet, something cool, tangible that people would want to wear because I liked fashion. And that's where the bracelets came about. I decided to just call it, I believe in you. And just the vision kept growing, growing, and growing. Well, fast forward from my idea stage to I made it a real thing. And I decided to launch the company um, with these bracelets that all say, I believe in you. They're fashionable, reversible. But the purpose of them is that you wear them with the intention to give them away to other people, uh, whether that's positive, negative, or anything in between. doesn't matter how old they are, what they're doing, whatever it is. You know, somebody can be struggling with something or somebody is starting something new and it's exciting. This is just a... The bracelet is really just the vehicle to the interaction, something tangible that you can tell them whatever you want to tell them, but also let them know you believe in them and then to keep going and they have something to remember that by, and then they can pass that on to somebody else as well. That's epic. And, uh, I'm wearing one Braxton sent me one <laughs> and these are, these things are freaking cool. And it's, it's, it's been really cool just wearing it. So <clears throat> what I would love to do is I want to unpack more of the story, but I figured we'd do something really fun. Braxton is I want to we didn't get to this. I want to record a video in real time with you on the show. Um, and, yeah. and then we'll actually use that as my bracelets videos. So, so just that so that awesome. people understand what the hell I just said, why don't you share a little bit more about the technology that, that, that powers these? Cause it, it, as much as it is a bracelet, like you have put blood, sweat and tears into this to making sure that like impact is measurable and that there's like yeah. a movement created behind this. So I mean, I think you're a really humble dude and you shared that, yeah, it's a bracelet, but this is way more than a bracelet. So talk, <laughs> talk a little bit more about like the evolution of actually getting these in people's hands and the app behind it and kind of how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So the app idea came up pretty quickly because I was getting a lot of texts, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of stories, a lot of DMs, like people telling me these moments that were created because of a piece of plastic, the bracelet. And it was, I already believed in the power of small acts of kindness and just kindness in general, but these other people participating and coming back drastically surprised or delighted at how much of a difference it made in whatever the situation was. And I was like, dude, I really want other people to understand how powerful it is and how doing something small, what we always say is small acts of kindness, big waves of impact. I wanted them to know that they have, that everybody has that superpower to make a difference. And I wanted other people to be able to see these stories. And so what we did was we, let me give a, a backstory really, really quick. I launched this when I was like 19, 20. We ran the company, we, I ran the company for about 10 months off of a laptop and a label printer. Content creators from all around the world were making us videos. It looked like this huge company. We sold bracelets to every state in the US, like 16 different countries. And it was me. In a, in a social media account. And that was it. 
that was pretty amazing. But I was like, the app's coming soon. The app's coming soon. The app's coming soon. Whether I would have got the money for that or not, I was not business savvy enough. I didn't have the capital. I didn't know how to get an investor. I didn't have any mentors. So I ended up having to put the company on pause before the app was ever able to come out. Now, thankfully, the app is out and some beta testing and we're doing that. But by the end of the year, we'll have a whole new version. It's going to be unreal. But the purpose of the app is that every single bracelet underneath the patch has a near-field communication chip. And every near-field communication chip has a completely different ID code. So every bracelet is completely unique to all the other ones. And what it allows you to do is, you know, let's say, Brandon, I was with you in person and I handed you that bracelet. You'd be able to take your phone and touch it to your wrist. And it'll allow that uh, chip to connect to your phone. And it opens our app. And what that'll allow you to do is to document that moment of you receiving it. So you can do it very similar like a social media post, whether it's a photo, video. Um, you can put a caption, which is like a story. It'll document the date. You can have the location. It'll show that Braxton handed it to Brandon and it shows that story of that moment. What makes it cool is that once you document that, you can then see who handed it to me and where and why. You can see who handed it to them all the way back to the first person who ever had it. And then once you give yours away, you're able to see everywhere that it travels, the cities, the countries, the stories, the people, and the impact that was made from each small act of kindness that you made. That's so cool. So now, now that adds a little bit of context, because I think people were like, what are you talking about recording a video? So I, that's what yeah. I thought would be really cool is like, if, if you kind of walk me through my first recording and you and I could do it together and then I'll, I'll pull the, I saw there's a way you can upload a video afterwards. Right. So I can upload the yeah. video from my camera roll. So yeah. we'll do that. Um, but one, one more thing I want to get to before we do that is like, I really want people to understand, like, you were just a guy that had a, you were a kid with a vision. It's actually, it's funny. Cause you got, he's got a, <laughs> yeah. a, one of the bracelets is called kid with a vision. You were just a kid with a vision, like came from may, Texas, like we said, cow, more cows than people like, and you wanted to get out and you wanted to create this impact. And like, it, it came from this spot of just wanting to make a difference. Um, but the fact was that like, sometimes I think you and I talked about this, like as much as your, your heart was on impact, you, you needed income to make this a reality. So talk to us a little bit about, didn't, I heard somewhere that this app costs like over a hundred grand to build. Maybe talk a little bit about like what had to happen to actually build the app and like how you had to figure out how you probably are like a master in NFC chips right now. Yeah. <laughs> talking to the foremost expert on NFC chips. Yeah. So talk a little, talk a little bit about like the shit that you had to go through to like actually make this app happen. And then we'll record the video and I'll stop teasing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So man, it took a lot. So obviously in the beginning, you know, I was trying to just sell enough bracelets to pay for it and we we're selling a lot of bracelets, but not enough to pay for the app. Yeah. So Currently, we've got about 125,000 into the app. Uh, we've got more to go, more things to do. So for one, they're pretty expensive. Um, but really, man, like when I, so I, when I had to pause it, you know, six, seven years ago, I knew that I needed capital. I needed more knowledge. I needed to be a businessman. And I was always impact over income until I realized that my impact, the level I was able to impact was directly impacted by my lack of income and kind of put a chip on my shoulder. Mind you, this is at a time where multiple times a week, not only am I getting these incredible stories that are about positive things and rekindled relationships, people's days being better. There's also multiple stories that were happening very often of people not taking their own life from a, from a bracelet being given to them. And there's, I could tell you a million stories on that side of things. You pick one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna. Sorry. I'm. So, I didn't mean to do this. Normally, I don't like doing this. No, but no. like, is there is there a specific story that like you were like, holy shit, this is so real. The impact. So like, whether it was someone not committing suicide, is there one that yeah. stands out for you? The first one that just popped in my head is there was a story of a kid in Florida who was really struggling with a lot of things in his life, uh, just personally, mentally, and a customer of ours who's also a friend of mine uh, through Vision met him years and years ago, he had gave this bracelet to his friend and basically, you know, told him a lot of other things, but he let him know that he believed in him. And he would always tell me stories. He's like, dude, he will not take it off. Like people, people also act like they want it. He won't give it to them. He will not take it off. Like he told the kid multiple times, like, this is like my rock. Like this is what's keeping me going. I looked down at my wrist. I remember what you told me, like, this is what's keeping me 
moving forward. And it just meant a lot to him. And he had all these stories that other people have told him and that have happened from him. Well, that kid ended up, um, period of time later, ended up passing away in a car accident. And his parents knew that that bracelet meant so much to him that they made certain that he was buried with that bracelet on his wrist because they knew how much impact that it had on him. And they, they told the whole story to the kid who gave it to him. And I mean, just broke him to a million pieces, but they like wanted him to know, like that was so, so huge for his life that he did that for him and that he was that special of a friend to him. And so that's, again, that's one of so yeah. many just beautiful stories that have happened from ultimately, like I don't want to downplay my stuff at all, but it's a piece of plastic. But what's attached to it is what makes it powerful. Mm. Okay. Th that was so beautiful. Thank you for that little bit of a detour. Cause I think, you know, when we say so many stories, like it really helps to just kind of hear and really paint a picture. Cause it's like, I, especially, I think you and I had this conversation when we first met, it's like with AI being introduced, like these next few years, we're going to very soon not know what's real anymore. It's already becoming a thing, but like anything you read online, any audio you hear, like audios can be deep faked now, videos can be deep faked right now. Like pretty soon we're gonna have to go back, which I, I'm I'm choosing the empowering vision that or version of the story. It's that like AI is actually gonna force us to connect more because very soon yeah. the only thing we'll be able to trust is a hug and doing something like this, like telling somebody that you believe in them and handing them a bracelet. And the fact that you've created a movement that is an excuse I don't want to use the word excuse, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, it is a reminder for you to actually go do something that you might not have had the courage to do before if you weren't a part of a movement that was doing this. So yeah. I love that story for so many. So anything you want to comment on that, but then I know I interrupted you like mid story about like the development yeah. of the app and the NFC chip. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's perfect, man. Yeah. What, what you said is like, you know, it's for one, it's kind of per giving you permission almost, which you would think, you know, some people don't feel like they need that, but some do. And it's like I said earlier, like this bracelet is really just a vehicle to the interaction. And it's a reminder, you know, we could all walk around all day and tell people we believe in them. Um, but what's cool about this is it acts as a reminder. Um, as a company, we kind of give you a little bit of an instruction manual, like here's how you can go be nice in a really simple way. Um, and it applies in so many areas. So yeah, the bracelet is really just the vehicle to the interaction, but the technology, you know, the technology side of it, uh, which is what's cool now is literally for the first time ever, your impact is actually measurable to see what happens when you're kind to somebody else. So that's been a big driver for us. And am I, am I correct in saying that like, cause I, cause I got these from you. I haven't passed them off yet. I was waiting to have this conversation before we did any of this. So like, after I send these off, after I start giving these away via the app, I'll get a notification anytime the bracelet changes hands. And then I'll be able to see the yes, story sir. of that. Is that how that works? Yes, sir. That's freaking epic. Okay. So I thought it'd be super fun just to kind of like, I think people like behind the scenes kind of thing. So like I, I, yeah. you coach me through this thing. Like, so I got this, do you want to like explain like how I could do it? What just, you tell me what you think the best way of recording this video would be so that we can kind of get people yeah. an experience of what it's like to do this. <laughs> yeah. Do you already have the app downloaded on your phone? I do. Um, but I don't have my phone nearby me right now. So <laughs> cool. So we could, we could do that part later if you want, but Ultimately, all you do is you download the app and you can open it. We're, this is the beta version as well. So it's about to get way better in the next few months because um, we just did a test with, a, we did a circulation test with a, you know, a bunch of bracelets to get a lot of feedback. But ultimately, once you open the app, there's a wave button in the middle and it's just there on the bottom. When you click that, it'll open the scanner on your phone, the NFC scanner, and you just touch it to your wrist. And then it'll allow you to pick between photo and video. It almost looks like Snapchat photo, video, you can flip it. There's a timer, there's a flash, all these different things. And you can basically document either together with a video, a selfie. You could document it later when you went home, take a picture of your wrist, whatever you wanted to tell your story. Once you receive it, that's when it's your opportunity to tell the story. And you can tell the story of how you received it. And you can also leave a message for the next person who gets it from you. And once you document that, it'll post it into that thread. And then you forever have access to that whole lineage of stories from everyone who had it before you. And then everyone who receives it after you. Dude. Okay. 
So how do you want to do this? So technically like, so I'm the first one that is recording anything on this app. So like, and yeah. I, like I said, I think what, what we'll do is we will, we'll pull the clip of this video, like from the oh, middle from of this, this from, from this. Yeah. I thought we would just straight up cool. do it from this. So it'll be cool. me and you together. We'll clip this and then I'll upload it to the, the app and we can, we can use that. Easy. So, um, yeah. So the best I way just, to do it, yeah. Yeah. Basically what you can do is we can kind of like cut start right here. You can pretty much just say like, Hey, I'm doing this podcast with Braxton. He gave me this bracelet for X, Y, Z reason. We're doing this podcast today. And I think like that part, especially in this moment, you don't have to go too in depth about you receiving it from me, but you can also say like, Hey, like if you got this bracelet next, that means that I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. Whatever you would want to say to, you might already know who you're going to give it to. So you could say something specific or you can just make it general because it might be a stranger or your cashier, or your server at a restaurant. So you can leave a message so that when they get it next and they document theirs from you, they're literally going to see a message that's like, hey, like if you got this bracelet, that means like, I believe in you, like whatever message you would want to leave for them. Mm. Okay. All right. I don't exactly know what's going to come out of my mouth, but sometimes I just got to start my mouth moving and something will come yeah. out. So um, yeah, so you guys are listening in on this. So we'll, I'll give it just a second to make the clip, the the cut clean, and then I'll see what comes out of my mouth when I open it. And then I'll let you say something too, if you want to add it in the video, Braxton, <laughs> but here we oh, go. Let's go. Hey, if you're watching this, I am super, super grateful for you. I appreciate you so much. And I'm beyond excited to give this bracelet for you. So a little bit of context on this. I'm sitting on here. I'm recording this live on a podcast with the man that actually came up with this vision. So, hey, Braxton, you want to give away Braxton? Hello, hello. <laughs> but Braxton gave me this bracelet. And when I found out what he was doing about spreading kindness in the world, it just made my whole body light up. And so I'm just really grateful for you, Braxton, this movement that you're creating, the deep connection that is happening. And if you're watching this, that means that I am parting ways with my bracelet because I believe in you. I know you're doing absolutely something incredible in the world. And I can't wait for you to continue to spread that gift of you into the world even more. So I appreciate you so much. And Braxton, anything you want to say is as we hand this bracelet off to our future friend that's receiving this. Yeah. Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, don't give up. And uh, I hope this lights you up and reminds you that we're all a lot more alike than we think and gives you some love and some kindness and can't wait to see you give it away to somebody else as well. I appreciate you friend. And uh, may that may the journey of this bracelet continue. Awesome. All right. There's, Perfect, there's yeah, the that's clip. Be cool. That'll that be the first time that's ever happened. Heck yeah. I thought created creating something special there is there. And then you can put like a, a comment on that as well, like kind of a thread. So like yeah, we so can explain can put a even caption, more. Basically. Got it. Pretty much just okay. like you make an Instagram post, you can make a caption. Love it. Love it. That is, that is super cool. Um, You told before a story of, you know, your community using this. Do you have a favorite story from when you have given away a bracelet, like personally, that has really stuck with you? Man, there's, there's so many, honestly. Um, I personally think for me, some of my favorite ones, cause I've done this for a long time is I've been able to leave them on the table for somebody like a server. Um, and I've had a couple of them where, you know, I'll write some sort of little note and leave it for my server. And mm -hmm. I kind of like walk away, like didn't say anything to them. Uh, but you know, kind of, as I'm leaving, I kind of can look back through the window and I've had some really cool moments of just like looking back and just seeing their face. They're like looking around for me and they're reading it and you can just see their whole body language change. Hmm. And I've had so many beautiful stories that might be longer in person that have happened, but those are some of my favorite ones because it wasn't so many words. It was just something so simple from a complete stranger that you could just see their whole body change from yeah. something simple. So I want to, I want to have a conversation about the first word that's coming to my mind is like inverse. Cause I think that, you know, when you hear about this movement, it's like, yeah, we're spreading kindness. We're, we're giving kindness to other people, but there's so much that happens when you are the giver of the appreciation, when you're the giver of kindness. So, and I've just experienced this a lot. And like, I've just started doing this as a habit. Like whenever I think of someone now, instead of just saying, Oh, that I'm thinking about this person. I will literally pull out my phone, record a video, send them a voice message and just be like, Hey, you popped in my head for this reason. I just want to let you know, I was thinking about you. I appreciate you. And I hope you're having a great day. So like, 
it, to me, yes, it's me exp- expanding appreciation and gratitude in the world, but like it lights me up to like do that and just yeah. kind of build relationships with people. And so I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about the aspect of what you have, like as somebody that is, you, you, you probably have the record for the most that has been given out. Like, you've been doing this, <laughs> it's like, what are some of the changes that you've seen in your life as like constant expression of gratitude and, and pushing this out in the world um, from that perspective? Yeah. Yeah. So first off, I do like the same thing. I'm like, I voice memo everything. I love sending videos to people. Like I've done, I've, when I used to work out at 4 35 o'clock in the morning, I would get there early and like drive and sit in my truck for 20, 30 minutes and just send long messages to everybody that I loved and cared about. The mm. cool thing is, is with this is you can do the same thing and put it in the bracelet and give it to them. Um, but I would just say like the thing with it for me is like, I think you said like for introverts and things like that is for one, there's so many ways that you can give and so many ways to do it. And there's really no rules. Um, I will say though, you're going to do it once. And if you can break out of your comfort zone for a second, it's kind of like going to the gym. You've never like went to the gym, but like, I shouldn't have went to the gym. It was always worth it to go to the gym. It's like the same thing. Like you will get value every single time. And I always tell people that giving gives back. And so it's a really powerful feeling when you know that you have so much more power inside of you than you think. You know, I, I tell people kindness is a superpower. And I think what's cool with these bracelets is like reminding people and giving them a little bit of being equipped with an easy, simple tool that you can truly go, maybe just make somebody's day a little brighter, or you might turn their life around, rekindle a new relationship, and you might save their life. And I think that's a pretty powerful tool to hold and we all have the ability to do that. And I will say I've been able to wear one on my wrist for seven or so years. It literally, when you have it on your wrist, like rewires something in your brain where like I walk around like looking for an opportunity to share something. And I do that anyway. I'm always looking to like open the door or say something nice to the person making my sandwich or whatever it may be because that lights me up. Uh, Obviously that's like, I think why I've done everything that I'm doing is like, I, I really love loving on other people makes, it makes me happy. makes me feel good. And so, you know, I think that's something that like with this, like once you do it, it's just, it's going to become a habit for you. It's going to become something that you want more of, and you're going to get so much appreciation back from some of these people that you would have had no idea what it did for them. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And I would say, as much as it is a bracelet, it is a lens. Like that's exactly what you were saying, just in slightly different words. It's like, it's a reminder to view the world this way. And so I think that's really cool that you're, you're giving people a lens to just change the way that you're just viewing your day-to-day interactions as a really cool opportunity. Yeah. So I love that. It's, it's super yeah. powerful. I, I want to circle back to like a loop I opened from the very, very beginning about one of the things that you and I talked about when we connected is about this, this thing that you're just really excited about talking about is like how we're all a lot more alike than you think. And this, when you, when you, when you said this to me, it really resonated because I recently got back from a conference uh, where it was really, really, it was really deep. I don't even want to call it a conference, but it was, it was Benjamin Hardy's uh, platinum group. And I was having a conversation with people. And that was one of my takeaways from the event was the fact that like, when you strip human beings down and you're able to get real raw and vulnerable and connect with people, we are all wanting the same things. We're all the same human beings. And it's just kind of like this external shell that is created that kind of shows the difference. And so I think it's really cool. And I would love to hear your perspective on this as somebody that has come from May, Texas and seen the hard, you know, super hardworking farm people to like the work that you do today with, with the bracelets. And then also your, your agency, like you've seen humans from all different uh, perspectives. And so I would love for you to maybe share a little bit, some of your thoughts about like how we're all more alike than you may think. Yeah. One thing that I always says that the coolest thing about me is the people that I know. And if I were to try to list that out, it's like, there's no like discrepancy of rich, famous, popular, poor, nine to five job entrepreneur. It's just incredible human beings across the board. And so I have had the luxury of, and I I think it's a luxury because the lens that I look at it is different now to where I've had extremely deep level conversations with multi, multi millionaires, famous people, people who've never really even left their hometown and went on a vacation once and they barely have enough money to get the food every month, but they make, they've made it work their whole life and for years. And I've been able to see the paradigm that 
there's not much of a difference at all in the level of human beings, the things they want, the things they need, the things that light them up, that fulfill, fulfill them and, and make them happy. And we could go like really, really deep into that. But one thing I think that is cool with this movement and something I'm very proud of is the fact that it showcases that because we have a bracelet that'll go from me to you, to your little niece who gives it to a grandparent, who gives it to the other grandson and gives it to his girlfriend who gives it to her dad. And it just, and, it, and there was different levels of money these people make, different places that they live, different stories that they have in life, different reasons it was passed, but it was all the same message and it resonated and it helped everybody just the same. Um, you know, and I, I think that's like really, really powerful. And I think the other thing with it is like, you know, I always said that I wanted to change the world. I think there's a lot of people that, that they want to do that. There's a lot of people that want to make the world a better place and would like to live somewhere with a little bit more harmony and peace and love. And I think doing that by yourself is near impossible, but with this, it's so simple and everybody can do it and it applies to all human beings. And if we have enough of us doing the small things, the small impacts of kindness, that will like ripple effect across the world. And so that's really the message that I want to be able to drive home for a number of reasons. But I think a big one for me, because it relates is where you are doesn't determine who you are. And I think some people think that it does. And so letting people know we're all a lot more alike than we think and showcasing that to people empowers them to know not only through small acts of kindness, do they have a superpower to make a difference? Because I've had so many people be like, well, what? I can't make a difference. Like, what could I do? And it's like, this doesn't require anything but just being nice to people. And you'll be surprised how big of a difference that makes and a ripple effects. And so obviously our app showcases that. But, you know, that's the goal is to just really connect everybody. And I think when we're all connected and when this thing does what it's supposed to do, we'll be able to like zoom out and look at it and we'll actually have statistics and data also, which is pretty cool to be able to, to literally prove the point of just what you said is when you strip it down, we all want the same things. I love that. That's a writer downer where you are. Doesn't determine who you are. That's, that's epic. I love that. You said something kind of like a, a comment in passing, but I would, I would love to explore it a little bit. You said you've always felt like you were designed to change the world or some, some element of that. Is that something that you've always felt from like uh, being a kid? Like talk to us a little bit about that because I'm, I'm curious to hear more. Yeah. To be honest, I think it, it's a blend of everything that happened to me from the day I was born to the day that I felt this way. But um, I remember being a little kid and I was like, I want to change the world. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know what I was talking about really, but I always felt that way. I always felt inclined to help other people, you know, in your household and then your friends and then maybe their family and a friend of a friend that you don't know. And then strangers. And I always like wanted to help people. And I remember when I was younger telling my mom that I wanted to change the world. Again, I didn't even know what I was talking about or what that even meant or looked like. And, you know, as time progressed on, I started to actually understand the things that were going on in the world and things that needed to be changed. And then really, like when you look at that, it's like the biggest problem that you could look at is the whole world. And it started getting me into thinking like, well, I have to have a job. I have to do something every day. And that's how vision was based around. I was like, but if I'm going to do it, I want it to be something that at least plays a small role and, and changing the world and making other people's lives better. And, uh, I think now I'm in the vehicle that actually makes that statement, something that can really happen. And it's not me changing the world. I think that's the thing. I wasn't never like egoly. I don't even know if that's a word tied to that. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it's just something I wanted to do. And very quickly, right out of, in the very beginning of starting this, I was like, I can't do this alone and I don't want to. And I think, the best shot in the world of that actually happening is creating this army of kindness where everybody holds the same level of power to impact. And if we get enough of us who are like-hearted, like-minded on that same path, that that's when those, you know, the little ripples turn into freaking tsunami waves. And that's when we have the ability to actually make a difference. That's amazing. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And it, I, just, I think that's another reason why you and I hit it off really well. I've just, 
I don't, my mom did something to me that changed my life. I don't, it, it was a really small thing, but she printed out on an eight and a half by 11 when I was really little. And it said, I'm a leader. I will change the world. I must've been like five or six. And she stuck it above my, on the ceiling of my, my bed. And like, she told me to read it every she night. Knew what I she was bed. I, yes, she, she knew what the hell she was doing. So like, for me, like that's always been like, I've had that belief in my head just because it's like, when you're a kid and that's told to you, like, it's just what like, there's no filter, you don't, you know, why would you believe otherwise? And it's funny, you might want, you might yeah. be interested in checking this out, Braxton. I listened to recently, I pulled it up just so I could cite it correctly. Tim Ferriss did an episode with Richard Koch or Koch. I think it's how you say it. He's the guy that wrote the 80-20 principle episode 680. They were talking about something called grand beliefs. Um, and this is, I think, a definition of what a grand belief would be. And the example he gave, I believe, was like, um, uh, why am I blanking on it? I think it was Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill had a had this, he got this belief from somewhere that he was going to lead a lead, be a leader during a time of war. Like he just had this very specific grand belief and like he was like a shit show for his entire life. And then he, he showed up during the exact time when it needed to happen. It was like his grand belief coming to life. So I don't know. It was, it was cool hearing you say that. And it got me thinking about that. And I think there's like a book coming out on that, that I've been interested in exploring. So man, it's, and it's, who's, who's the episode by it's, it's with Tim Ferriss episode 680, Richard Koch, K O C H. He wrote the 80, 20 principle. So yeah, there's some, some cool stuff cool. about like, I'll check that uh, out. Yeah. I love yeah. stuff like that. I have a <laughs> tattoo stuff, I got on my ribs whenever I was 18, the first tattoo that I ever got. And it says, let him who desires peace prepare for war. And that's why I label it as, you know, an army of kindness because, you know, that's what this is. Even though it is like positivity and kindness and these things on the front end, there's people not taking their lives. There's dark things people are going through. Like we're essentially fighting some sort of battle, whether it's people and groups or individual internal battles. That's really what this is, is a battle. And so that that's why, like for us, I want to create this army of kindness. And for myself as being one of the people to stand at the front of it is, you know, when you try to do good things, bad people try to, to take that down. We've seen that in a million examples. And so we're really looking at this as like, this is a, this is a battle and the man who desires peace must prepare for war. And, you know, it's all rainbows and kindness and sunshine sometimes, but we we're taking the approach of like, we're doing this to stand up for people. And I think there's a lot of kindness brands that get stepped on or torn down. And that's why I wanted to become a true businessman. So this wasn't, you know, rainbows and unicorns. This is like a enterprise and an organization who's going to change stuff. And that's, that's the purpose of this. And we're really recruiting people to join us in actually doing something that's going to make a real change. Yeah. Amazing, dude. This has been such an epic conversation. And so I just really want to ask the the last question, then we'll start wrapping things up. Obviously, we've talked about the bracelets. Where can people find out about all of the incredible stuff that you've got going on? Yeah. So for me personally, if you want to just follow my Instagram, it's just at Braxton Kilgo. That's B-R-A-X-T-O-N-K-I-L-G-O. And then my website and my social media is for I Believe in You. It's just I Believe in You.io. So that's the Instagram, TikTok, everything. And that's also the website. Amazing. Go check that out at Braxton Kilgo or I believe in you.io. That'll get you to all the amazing stuff that Braxton is up to. And I'm just going to really quickly have a conversation with you listening. And I just want to say, you could be listening to any other podcast. You could be doing so many other things, but something about this episode, something about the words Braxton was saying spoke to you. Otherwise, I know this for a fact, or you wouldn't be hanging out for us now. You would have stopped us <laughs> mid-sentence. <laughs> so you're still here, which tells me you've been impacted by this, which uh, if that is the case, I have an ask. And that is if you've heard something today, whether that is Braxton's story of losing out on his, his dream of playing in the NFL and re- figuring out his identity and coming from small town to working with some big people and creating a massive movement. Or maybe it was that story of that one bracelet that was passed to someone that, that really meant something for them. There is a story in here. There is an insight in here that can absolutely change someone's life. And so my ask is that um, you take a second to share this with someone. You never know. You might never even hear back from them. But the, the fact that you shared this, it could make a massive difference. It's impacted my life. And I know it's impacted many other people's as well. So uh, whether or not you choose to share that or not, I appreciate you so much for listening and, uh, Braxton, any final things you want to say before we head off today, man? 
Uh, yeah, man. I mean, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, I hope some of you listening will connect with me. Uh, I love people, obviously, as you've uh, as you've heard. But yeah, I think uh, you know, same thing. Anybody who has stuck around this long, you know, whatever it is that you're going through, keep going and just trust your gut. Everything happens for a reason, and you know, you're so much more powerful than you think. So yeah, my advice is just keep going. Reach out if you need something, and and uh, yeah. So as kind of my tagline now is, you know, I believe in you. Heck yeah. Braxton believes in you. I believe in you, obviously, which is why we're hanging out today and why you're listening to the show. So Braxton, this has been amazing, man. I appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon.